Hello, and welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast, a sacred place for women all around the world to find wisdom about the sacred feminine, empowerment, and healing. From natural health suggestions, traditional wisdom, and transformative stories, you'll be immersed in topics that bring you inspiration and clarity. If you're ready to awaken the wild woman within, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast with Cassandra Wilder. Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back to the Goddess Ceremony Podcast. My name is Cassandra, and I am so excited about today's episode. Two weeks ago, I uploaded a podcast all about the truth about birth control, and today's episode is essentially part two. Now, when I uploaded that episode two weeks ago, I had no idea what was going to happen as soon as I clicked upload. I didn't know if someone was going to get upset or offended. I didn't know if people would feel like I was attacking the pharmaceutical companies or birth control in general. And no surprise, of course, because this is the most incredible community in the world. Instead, it was a massive outpouring of messages and emails and women like you saying thank you. Thank you for finally talking about the truth of this. So many of you resonated with the idea of not being adequately educated before getting on birth control. And many of you said that your story or experience with birth control was essentially having some acne or some irregular cycles as a teenager being given this pill and really given no other information other than this is going to regulate your cycle. And so in that episode, when I talked about how the pill, for example, doesn't regulate your cycle, it actually deletes it and gives you what is called a medication-induced withdrawal bleed. And yes, it's as shocking as it sounds. Many of you were just blown away. There was so much research that went into that episode, and I too was just horrified and shocked about the lack of education that most of us have on a product that so many women use. So if you heard that episode, and if it gave you some education or empowerment or at least a, an idea of what is truly right for you in your health journey, then that means the world to me. So really, I just want to thank you all for being so open-minded and for wanting to walk this journey with me. I feel so incredibly grateful. In today's episode, we're going to continue that discussion. And the big thing here to remember is everything I share here is simply to give you the information you need to make informed, empowered decisions for your health so that you feel like you do have the background and the foundation you need to make the best decision for yourself. So know that I'm never advocating for you to do anything, but rather simply giving you the tools so that you can tune into your own intuition, listen to your own gut, and then take action from there. But what I do know is that many of you that listened to that birth control episode reached out and booked sessions with me to get off of birth control and to start to rebalance your body, since many of you probably remember that staggering statistic that 40% of all women that take birth control and then stop never actually get a normal period back. Pretty staggering. So I'm so grateful for all of you. The big thing to know, too, is when we know better, we can do better, and that's why getting this education and this support is so essential. All of that to say, if you didn't listen to part one, go listen to it or go listen to it again. There's some good mic drop moments in there. I really lay it out, and I'm really proud of that episode and how well it was received by all of you. And this week, we're talking about how to track your own cycle as a form of birth control. 
And I know this may sound a bit taboo. It's a bit different for a lot of us. Maybe some of us feel a little bit of, of fear, wondering, is this really reliable? You know, Cassandra, I really don't want to have a baby right now. Is this actually based in anything? Uh, what does it look like to track your cycle? How complicated is it? And so I'm going to go through all of that today. Before we dive in, though, I just want to share we only have a couple days left before the doors close in 2020 for our Women's Circle Creatrix training and Embodied Wisdom. I know so many of you feel called to lead women's circles, to support other women, and to learn the foundational tools that you need to create spaces that are empowering, supportive, and unconditionally loving for the women in your community. Our Women's Circle Creatrix training has been honored to teach and certify over 100 women all over the world. And so no matter where you live in the planet, you have this opportunity to come together with us, cultivate this sisterhood, and get the tools you need to lead sacred women's circles. And our embodied wisdom training, considered the level one of the Women's Circle Creatrix training, is our foundational program that teaches you how to heal yourself first and foremost. So for example, if today's episode is fascinating to you and you are obsessed with learning to track your cycle, this is the kind of stuff we go over in depth in embodied wisdom. The cool thing is, if you purchase the level three Creatrix training, you get the entire Embodied Wisdom and Women's Circle Creatrix training for free. So go to link in the show notes, make sure you grab your spot. This is the only round we are running in 2020. So do not wait. Don't get to the end of 2020 and wish that you had taken the leap and listened to your heart. So link in the show notes for more information about that. Okay, back to tracking your cycle. So what I'm talking about today is a form of cycle tracking that's commonly referred to as the Fertility Awareness Method, or FAM, F-A-M. Here's a few important things though I want to say before I dive into the specifics of fertility tracking. So the biggest one, and this will probably answer that big question of how reliable or trustworthy is this process really, like all forms of birth control, this is not something you can haphazardly do. So just like with the pill, you can't forget to take it for two days and then go back to taking it diligently and then expect that everything is okay, right? It lowers the percentage of uh, accuracy significantly. It's just like with condoms. You can't let a condom break and then think everything's going to be okay. You can't put on a condom halfway through and assume everything is fine. Like all forms of birth control, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the way. And this is the same exact thing. So don't don't uh, feel like... <laughs> This is something you can just do sometimes and then just hope and pray that you don't get pregnant. Really important to do completely, and that really is the same with any form of birth control out there. One big thing, too, to note here is if you are getting off of birth control, so whether you're getting off the pill, you're getting your IUD removed, whatever, there's usually an adjustment period with your cycle. And so you might find that your cycle becomes very irregular for a couple months after you stop taking birth control. And because it's so unpredictable, that means you need to be really careful, especially if you're trying to not get pregnant, because your cycle might be all over the place. Your ovulation window might change. You might have one month that's 30 days, and then the next month it might be 48 days. And so that obviously is not ideal if we're trying to not get pregnant. So do know that if you're going off of birth control, there is an adjustment period, and just be really mindful. Use a backup method like condoms or something like that to make sure that nothing happens if you're not trying to get pregnant. Another big thing, if your cycle is already all over the place and very hard to track, then some foundational healing might be necessary before you completely rely on this. As we'll talk about with the fertility tracking method, 
it's essential to have some level of predictability with your cycle so that we can predict the following months. So what we're doing is looking at our patterns over the last few months so that we can determine when that window of ovulation might be and therefore be extra mindful if we're trying to not get pregnant. So if your cycle's all over the place, if you're a little scared at the idea of relying completely on this, reach out to me. We can get your cycle balanced and super consistent so that you can rely on this method. Another big thing, if you're not having clear ovulation signs every month, then there is a possibility that you're not actually ovulating. Some of the big ovulation symptoms we see is your cervical mucus. So you could say discharge is another word for that. So if you're not having that, if you are not seeing any breast tenderness or some other key ovulation symptoms, then you may not be ovulating. That's actually fairly common. And so again, that might be something we want to address first. And if you've been diagnosed with PMS, or excuse me, PCOS, <laughs> PCOS, then um, that might be something we want to address first because a common side effect of PCOS is anovulation or a cessation of ovulation. Two more notes that I ought to make before, <laughs> before we dive in. One is, you know, as I'm sharing all of this and how to track your cycle, before you go into that point of overwhelm or feel like, oh, this is too hard, taking a pill is way easier, I really want to encourage you to stop if you have that thought and instead think of this as a beautiful opportunity to get to connect to your body. It is such a gift to know your body to the extent that you know when your ovulatory time actually is, to know when you are fertile and to know when you are not. And so while we might have been taught that all of this is inconvenient and an annoyance and something we don't want to deal with, I really think this is the greatest blessing that we get to experience. It is not a burden, it is not a pain, and we simply need to reframe how we look at our entire body. So if at any point you feel like, Cassandra, this is too much work, maybe take a step back, take a breath, and instead think of this as an opportunity. Lastly, while I'll be talking predominantly about cycle tracking to prevent pregnancy, this information is just as important if you're trying to get pregnant. So no matter what side of this you're on, trying to avoid or get pregnant, you need to know your ovulation window. And so if you've also been trying to conceive for a few years and having some difficulty there, this will also be really helpful for you. All right, there's all the fine print out of the way. Let's talk about cycle tracking. So some of the big things that are really helpful to have when you are tracking your cycle is a really good app. And my favorite is called Life, just L-I-F-E. It's free. Or I think you can upgrade for like $3.99 and get a few extra features. That is the app I've used for years. And I was looking at my app recently and realized that I had tracked every month my cycle for a crazy amount of time, like seven years or something. And so I could look back years ago and see what my cycle was doing, what kind of symptoms I was experiencing. And it was a really beautiful moment to realize that I've been paying attention to my cycle for this long. And I think everyone deserves to know that feeling of, of that inner knowing. So a really good app is essential. As we talk about the key indicators you're looking for with fertility, you'll need a way to track that. If you're old school, it's okay. You can print these kinds of things off online where you manually write it in every day. But I do think an app is nice because most of us have our phones with us every single day, so there's no excuse to forget. And secondly, an oral basal thermometer. And we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But really, those are the only two things you need to track your cycle throughout the month. 
Now, one question I see a lot about the fertility tracking and starting to understand your own cycles is why is this not better known and why aren't people talking about this? And there's a few reasons. We could go down the rabbit hole, (laughs) trying to not. But we have to remember the birth control industry is a billion dollar pharmaceutical empire. And we have to think about tracking your own cycle doesn't make anyone any money, right? So there's never going to be a commercial for how to track your own cycle. Um, You know, there's just not money behind understanding yourself and healing yourself. That's the sad truth. What does make money is patenting things and selling them and mass producing them and running ads and all of that. And also, most physicians are not trained natural fertility methods like this in medical school. And so these doctors simply don't know about these methods or they're not trained enough to really, you know, want to talk to their patients about it. And so they don't talk about it nor suggest it. So again, it's not that doctors are bad and it's not that there's an issue there, but rather if they're not being taught it, they're obviously not going to advocate that to their patients. So simple, it's just not a moneymaker. So there's that. Uh, Another question I got a lot of on Instagram when I posted about this last week is, what are the benefits of the fertility tracking method? There's a lot. (laughs) The biggest one is it cultivates a deep connection to your body. You will learn how to read your body and understand how every little subtle thing shifts throughout the month. And that's a really powerful place to connect to. You'll also have a deep understanding of your body to where you know when something isn't right. And I think prevention is so vital here. So when you understand your body and your cycle, you understand those little tiny shifts that might indicate that there is something awry in the body. And that way you can go and get it checked out and be preventative long before anything ever manifests. When we're doing things like traditional birth control, I think sometimes it's very easy to disassociate with our bodies. And then we don't really have that sense of awareness since we've never been taught it. And then by the time we realize something is out of control or something isn't right, we're already, you know, years into a potential health problem. So it's a really powerful thing in terms of prevention to track your own cycle because you will know if something is not right very quickly. And lastly, it also gives you an empowered view of your cyclical health. So we let go of this shame. We let go of this tabooness. And instead, is that a word? Tabooness? It is now. And instead, we really recognize how powerful our bodies are and we really reclaim them. Okay, so here's one big thing we all need to understand. This is why tracking must be done really, really, really vigilantly. So when your ovaries release an egg, that egg is only in the perfect spot to get fertilized for a maximum of 24 hours, and that's a really healthy egg. So your egg itself is only available to get fertilized 24 hours of your entire month. So when you hear that, you think, wow, well, it's a wonder that any of us exist, right? (laughs) That's a very tiny little window. Well, what makes this a little more complicated is sperm can live in healthy cervical fluid for up to five days. And so this is why someone can get pregnant days after they actually had sex. And so if you had, say, unprotected sex yesterday, in three or four days, that's when conception could actually occur. So I know that's kind of mind-bending, but that's how people get pregnant days after even having intercourse. So... All this to say, this is why we have to be able to predict our ovulatory window, and that's five days of the month when, if we're trying to not get pregnant, we have to be very vigilant and mindful. 
because if we have sex within those five days of when that egg is going to be released, then there's a potential that we could get pregnant. So what are the three big things we are looking at to predict our ovulatory time and therefore know when to be mindful? Well, those three things are our cervical fluid, our cervix position, and our basal body temperature. And you're tracking all of this with your handy dandy little app. And in your app, then you can also track, for example, when you're intimate. And so that will, again, help you predict when is, quote, the safe zone, (laughs) you know, to connect with your partner and when you may need to be more mindful or use a backup method or maybe just abstain from sex completely. It's totally up to you. So I'm going to go through these three methods and what you're looking for throughout the month as you track your cycle. So if this still all feels a little confusing, don't worry, I'm about to clear it all up. So let's talk with, uh, start, excuse me, with talking about cervical fluid. Cervical fluid is also known as discharge, though I read this book a few years ago and I love what this woman said. She said, discharge is such a disempowering word. We don't call a man's semen discharge, right? We call it semen. And she said, we need to call cervical fluid what it is. But even better, she actually likes to call it cervical nectar. And I just loved that. So I might just say that here. Your beautiful cervical nectar is to a woman what semen is to a man. And so this cervical fluid provides an alkaline medium for sperm to be able to survive. And when you begin to observe your fluid, you'll begin to notice that as you approach ovulation, your fluid changes and you might feel more of a wet sensation. There might be more of that that you notice, for example, in your underwear. So throughout the month, this is kind of the flow of your cervical nectar. So the first day of your menstrual cycle is always considered day one of your entire cycle. So if you have a four-day menstrual cycle from day one to day four is when you are actually bleeding. You might have a little spotting for a couple days after that. And then typically there's a bit of dryness for a couple days. Now as your body starts to prepare to ovulate, you'll start to feel a little more cervical nectar. You'll start to maybe see some discharge in your underwear and it'll start to change as it gets closer to ovulation. So after that dryness, after your menstrual cycle, you might start to notice a sticky fluid. And after it's sticky, then it starts to become a little more creamy. And that means that we are getting very close to ovulating. I think most of us, as long as we are ovulating, we know when that's about to happen because there is so much cervical fluid. It might look really thick in your underwear. You might notice it if you're intimate with your partner. The consistency actually almost resembles semen, interestingly. But then lastly, it will get this egg white consistency right at the peak of your ovulation window. And so this is like the long kind of goopy cervical fluid that we notice. And it's really key to note that egg white like consistency. So the kind that you could almost like spread between your fingers. So there's a huge difference between the creamy and the egg white-like consistency. And like I said, the egg white consistency is the peak of your ovulation window. This is one of the easiest things to track because for most of us, especially if you wear black underwear every single day, you can just make a note of what you see. Um, Another key thing to note with your cervical mucus is to notice this like feeling of slipperiness, if that makes sense, or this wetness. So it's not just the mucus itself, but it's how it feels. 
And I think we all know what it feels like when really the, the word is wet, when you just feel this this immense amount of fluid coming out of you or your underwear is really wet, that is a sign that you are about to ovulate. So you are fertile myrtle on those days. So after the estrogen peaks during your ovulation, it often changes your cervical fluid very abruptly, even within just a couple hours. So start to track your cervical mucus that you notice throughout the month. And if you listen to this episode a couple more times, or if you just are taking notes right now, you'll notice these distinct changes in your cervical mucus, and it's really, really incredible to note. A sad thing about, you know, cervical mucus or cervical nectar (laughs) is that many of us have been taught that this is gross or unclean. You know, we're all under the illusion that our vaginas need to smell like roses and lavender or something ridiculous, which is why so many of us are scrubbing our vaginas vigorously with soap or douching them or, you know, using these special wipes or creams. And I'm just here to remind you that you don't need any of that. Your vagina is supposed to smell like a vagina. (laughs) (laughs) I just said that on a podcast there. So let go of this illusion that any of this is abnormal. This is healthy. You are supposed to have cervical nectar. And the more you embrace that and open yourself to it, the more you'll be able to connect to it and see it as an opportunity for healing. So just hear that. If you're listening right now thinking like, she said cervical fluid like 80 times (laughs) in the last 10 minutes. I'll probably say 80 more, so it's fine. So that's number one. And that, like I said, is probably the easiest thing to track throughout the month. Just wear black underwear, take a peek at it every day, track it in your app. So the second mean that is very, very effective is tracking your oral basal body temperature every single morning. So like I said, you just need a nice thermometer and you'll keep that on your bedside And then this is the key right here. Every morning before you get out of bed, you take your oral temperature. So this means you can't get out of bed and go pee. (laughs) You can't roll over and drink some water or make love or anything like that. First and foremost, you wake up, you poke your arm out, grab your thermometer, take your temperature, and then begin your day. As you move throughout the month, your temperature changes, and especially when you are about to ovulate, your temperature peaks, sometimes up to a degree, which is pretty significant in the body. But if you start to move around or get up or anything like that, immediately your temperature changes. So what we're trying to measure here is really your resting temperature after you've been, you know, laying there for six to ten hours. So... When you take your oral basal body temperature, like I said, this helps you identify if you are ovulating, if you are fertile, when to predict your period, and if there's any potential imbalances in the body. And ideally, we want to take this temperature every day around the same time. So, you know, if you've got very erratic sleep schedules or anything like that, that's all going to need all going to need to be noted. But for the most part, it should stay fairly consistent. But also any irregularities in routine or travel or stress or anything like that needs to be accounted for. So by tracking your temperature, you can account for when you are potentially ovulating throughout the month. So for example, within a 30-day cycle, if you are tracking your temperature every single morning, you'll probably notice an increase in temperature like I said, up to a full degree, which is pretty significant, around day 17. Again, this is just an example in a 30-day cycle. 
So then if you look at that peak that's fairly significant, you then go back and highlight the six days before that. So temperatures rise after ovulation. So now you can see when you were ovulating. So is this starting to make sense? You are really learning how to read your cycle so that you can predict what your body is going to do in the coming months. So there is some foundational work here in that you do have to get to know your body first and foremost so that you know how to predict what it's going to do over the following months. It is super easy to take your temperature every single morning, super easy to then track the day it peaks, go back six days, and then know in the next month that's probably your window when you would need to be really, really mindful. Finally, the third method you can use to track your ovulatory window is your cervix position. Now, if you haven't listened to our entire episode on cervical health, you need to go back and listen to it. It's so good. But there is your vaginal canal and then your cervix and then your womb. So your cervix really stands as the doorway to your uterus. And throughout the month, your cervix changes positions. So have you ever wondered why, for example, sometimes sex can be incredibly uncomfortable or it feels like they're too deep or they're almost hitting something? Well, that's a sign that your cervix is pretty low. They're likely hitting it, which is causing some sensitivity. Normally, if there's enough foreplay and if you and your partner are connecting in a really beautiful, intimate way, your cervix will actually lift up and get out of the way. But at certain times of the month, or if you're not necessarily fully activated for your lovemaking, your cervix may not get out of the way and therefore sex can be a bit uncomfortable. So when you are not ovulating, the cervix sits very low and it's very firm, almost like the tip of your nose. So if you feel the tip of your nose, and I'm imagining thousands of you around the world (laughs) touching your nose right now, feeling that firmness. And if you can also feel the little hole of your cervix, which is called your cervical oz, it'll feel closed. However, when you are ovulating, your cervix lifts. And so for some of us that have a high cervix, you might not even be able to feel it. Maybe it'll just be a little harder to touch or reach and it'll feel very soft, more like your lips. If you feel your nose very firm, you feel your lips very soft and squishy, that's the big difference. And again, if you can feel that cervical oz, it'll actually feel open. So your cervix position is a very easy thing to check every single day. You know, when you hop in the shower or first thing in the morning, you can just feel your cervix and see if it's close to the surface or if it's pretty high up. And again, that will help you determine around what day you are actually ovulating. Now, there's a few other things you can also track throughout the month. Your libido may be heightened during your ovulation window. And for some women, this is the easiest way that they can determine when they're about to ovulate because they have a huge amount of sexual desire. Again, they're feeling a lot of that cervical nectar and again, that huge desire to connect with their partner. So that can be a really big indicator for a lot of women. But there might be some other things. For some women, they notice breast tenderness around their ovulation window. Some women are so in tune with their bodies, and I've never actually felt this. This is my dream and my goal to cultivate this level of awareness. But they actually feel a slight pain in one of their ovaries right when they ovulate. And so they get this little singe of pain as that egg is being released, and that is how they know they have ovulated. How cool is that? That is such a goal. 
So now let's say you've been doing all of this work. You have been noticing your cervical nectar and tracking that. You've noticed the days when your cervix position is higher and you've been tracking your temperature and you've started to see that pattern of when that spike in temperature actually happens. So now, what do you do? What do you do on those obvious fertile days? So if you were trying to not get pregnant, then this is when you're going to be very mindful. So for some people, they avoid sex entirely. You can use a precautionary method like a condom just to be extra safe. You know, there are some options here for you. But the big thing is you need to be very mindful about this five-day window because that is when conception can happen. Now, if you feel like you're experiencing an ovulation, meaning a lack of ovulation, so if you're not seeing any spikes in temperature, if your cycle is super irregular, then this does need to be addressed. Some big things that can create an ovulation includes illness, stress, strenuous exercise, stress. All of these things can cause our body to just stop ovulating. And like I said, with some conditions like PCOS, this becomes even more common. So definitely reach out, connect with me if you'd like to work together and we can get you ovulating again so that we can start to create some predictability and health throughout your cycle. And how do we get our partners on board? Well, a few episodes back, well, more than a few, like 20 episodes back, I did a whole episode about the divine masculine and the divine feminine And I really believe that this is the kind of stuff that we need to educate our partners on so that they can be supportive. Just like how most of us were not educated about our bodies or health or birth control or anything like that, most men were also never educated. They have no idea that this option even exists. And so we have to show up and be the example and have that open communication with them so that they can support us and get on board. I think in a ideal world, if we can get our partners to also have these apps on their phones as well, so they're also tracking our cycle, that's a really powerful thing because that way they will know when your ovulation window is and they'll know when maybe they need to take it upon themselves to help you be extra careful or maybe when it's better to just avoid having sex for a few days. It's a really powerful thing when you empower your partner in your cycle, I must say. It's incredible. And even if you feel like your partner is going to be very, very apprehensive about this or not really into it, you might be surprised. So approach it with kindness, but also complete clarity that this is what is right for you. And, you know, if they know that this is going to help you and be good for your health and and make you feel more connected, they're going to support you. They really will. So if they're open to it, have them download the app so that they can see when your predicted ovulation window is as well. So if this subject was super fascinating for you, awesome. It really is so special to know how to track your cycle. Like I said in part one, this is what I've been doing for almost a decade and it has served me very, very well. I know how to read my body and it feels so good to not have to rely on anything else that puts me in an artificial cycle, and instead I can trust my own awareness and intuition, and I want you to know what that feels like as well. So if it's time for you to reclaim your health and your cycle and you need a little more support, like I said, the doors are only open for a few more days, so if you want to learn all about cycle tracking and get an in-depth training on all of this, but like 10 times more in-depth, 
then sign up for Embodied Wisdom and you'll learn how to sync with the moon, what it means to cultivate an awareness around your cycle, how to heal common menstrual cycle woes, and then of course, how to track your cycle and find empowerment in your body. So go to link in the show notes, grab your spot or start your payment plan so that you can start to reclaim your health in 2020 and feel embodied in all that it means to be a cyclical, intuitive, powerful human being. If you love this episode, please come and find me on Instagram at menstruation queen. I love hearing from all of you. I love getting your messages and it means the world to me that you are all here in this space with me. So if you're committed to tracking your cycle and understanding your body, let's connect so I can celebrate you along the way. All right, beautiful friends. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Goddess Ceremony podcast. We hope you found inspiration and healing within this sacred space. If you're feeling the call to join us for an upcoming Sacred Goddess Retreat or transformative women's leadership training, now is the time to rise. You can find details about upcoming retreats and trainings at goddessceremony.com. We'll see you in the next podcast, sister. Thank you.